I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hello, and welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. And And Penelope. Penelope's here too. And we have a wonderful episode for you this week with Adam and Vanessa Lambert, a second married couple. We did a married couple. We had a married couple on last week. And so this is our second one. They're the creators of Be The Wellness, a personal coaching company with an emphasis on community and adventure. They're committed to building a group of wellness warriors, helping people make small changes over time to tackle big adventures in life. Whether that means hiking Machu Picchu or losing 10 pounds, the Lamberts empower adventure-seeking souls to master the physiology and mindset needing to live a badass life, all while creating a loving, supportive community centered around total inclusion, fun, and innovation. They're dedicated to expanding lives through nuanced, personalized whole food diets, functional fitness with the emphasis on fun and mindful, fearless living at the center of any be the wellness experience, be it an online program or an epic adventure is community and connection. Be the wellness brings holistic balance to all facets of life while connecting you with other adventurers and wellness warriors. Wow. That's fun. It is fun. It really, after talking to them, I really wanted to go on one of their retreats, which we may very well do. And I mean, on here on their website, we're looking at it and we talk about this a little bit in the podcast, but not in great detail, but it was the, just their core values, which is body, mind, and experience, which I thought was really like, it's just really powerful to focus on these three core values of how they integrate that into their business. And it was cool to just see how they share those three core values in what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. They are an extraordinary good-looking couple, I will say. You won't be able to see them listening, but you can go check out their website and their Instagram. Very fit. And so we asked them about some of their personal wellness habits. I really loved both of their answers. Neither of them are what I expected. Mm-hmm. So get ready for that. We heard about how they transitioned from being um, firefighters to yes. being wellness experts. And that was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Vanessa trans- transferred. Transfer- is that what you Transitioned. Did? Transitioned. What did I say? Transferred. Transitioned a long time, a while ago. And Adam just, it was like 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. So he, out in California. And talking about how they work together as a married couple, how they make that work, what doesn't work about it, what they're working on, and um, how they structure their retreats while also taking care of themselves. So this episode really focuses on taking care of yourself as a leader and some key practices you can incorporate to make sure that you can continue to show up and serve the people who need you by making sure that you are caring for yourself. And so you're going to love these two. The conversation was really casual, authentic, transparent. So enjoy Adam and Vanessa of Be The Wellness. Penelope, would you like to say enjoy the episode to close it off? Hold on, say it again. Clear. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Kate and Mike show. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi. thanks for having us. Yeah, you are only, I think, the second fellow couple in business together who we've had on the show. Bob and, and the, Alex. I know, but Bob and Alex don't run their whole company together. 
So I'm really just considering Peter and Brianna who were oh, okay. on when we still lived in Falmouth. So that was Got like it. four years ago. Yep. There are yeah. only so, a few people crazy enough to step up to the challenge, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's start, Let's start there. Yeah. You tell us the story first of how you met and then second of how you ended up being in business together. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Adam, want to kick off the story sure. of how we met? It's a good one. <laughs> so, um, so I worked for the fire department forever until, I don't know, I guess 18 months ago or something like that. And Vanessa and I actually met as rookie firefighters together. We started the same year. We never worked at the same station, but we were in the same unit, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, um, in Mendocino County, Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. We worked for, it was CDF back then, the California Department of Forestry, but now it's called Cal Fire. It was like a rebranding thing that, that happened about <laughs> 10 years ago. But yeah, we started as, you know, rookie firefighters yeah. together. I was 18 and he was 20. So like literally kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long, long ago. Yeah. So that's kind of a, you know, it has really nothing to do with the way that we got into business together, but it does in the sense that it sort of set us up for a foundation of being really tuned in to our health, to our fitness, to really like making sure that we had some mastery over our physicality. Obviously, there's a high demand for that <laughs> when you're yeah. fighting fires and particularly when you're fighting wildland fires, which is what we focused on. And so we actually kind of went our separate ways. Adam stayed with the fire department. I had like 57 different jobs <laughs> and kind of kept building up. And eventually we landed in Chico, California, and we started, you know, looking at different systems for training. It was kind of early days when CrossFit was sort of coming onto the scene and we were looking around in town and Adam actually stumbled upon Rob Wolf. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Yeah. yeah he, he, this is before he wrote the paleo solution or any of that kind of thing. And he had opened one of the first CrossFit gyms. So we started training literally with him and his wife, Nikki, and, you know, just kind of under their tutelage came into the strength and conditioning world and really started to get a robust education on that side of things. And, you know, started competing in CrossFit. We were on Rob's team and sort of like just really came into it because we enjoyed it and it was fun to do together. And we really didn't have any, intention. Obviously, Adam was by that time had become a chief for Cal Fire and was, you know, fully fledged into his career. But we, you know, just kind of kept growing our own practices and really learning more about our own physicality, learning about fitness and nutrition. Obviously, Rob was the author of The Paleo Solution. So we got really indoctrinated into the ancestral way of life and eating strategies and all that good stuff. And then when we moved to LA, Rob introduced us to Mark Sisson. I started working for Mark and created one of his first in-house coaching programs. We started running retreats with him. And then a few years later, Mark was really like, you know, this retreat thing isn't really my cup of tea. You guys are great at it. Why don't you kind of go on your own? I'll refer people to you and, you know, kind of just set your chickens free. And so we did. <laughs> wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob was one of the funniest people to follow on Instagram. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Control because he, if you're like vegan or vegetarian, it's just like the stuff yeah. that he, it's just so... It's the complete opposite. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has, I like to say, like, if you compare Mark and Rob, it's like Rob has a following in spite of Rob. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in spite of the things that he says. And, and just, but, you know, and, and Mark is obviously a very professional and curated 
everything, you know, and it's just interesting to see the two kind of paths that you can go down in that, you know, and I don't know that <laughs> Rob or anybody else, but Rob could pull it off. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's amazing. amazing. So, you cool were, so you were running those retreats together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you left the for the fire. Is it called the force? No, it's not the police force. Uh, no, it's the fire department is the, <laughs> the fire yeah, department yeah, yeah. months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long ago left. did you guys go out on your own running the retreats? We started running our retreats around 2014, I think. Yeah, 2014. And then again, you know, Adam was still sort of full-time at the fire department and then, you know, sort of doing the side hustle with Be The Wellness. And then, yeah, about 18 months ago, he kind of fully committed and stepped into our business all the way. Yeah, it kind of just got to the point where, you know, that being a chief officer is like, a full-time middle management position. Plus you're still working shift work and going to fires and not sleeping and doing all of that kind of stuff. Like as the chief, just the structure mm-hmm. of how the fire department works, like are you in charge of the station? Like where, how does that? So as a, so I was a battalion chief, which is kind of like the, the highest ranking field officer, so to speak. So I had a battalion, which is a geographical area. And then depending on the battalion that I was running at the time, anywhere from, you know, three to seven fire stations within that battalion that are under my command. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. And then where did you stay? Like at a firehouse? At a firehouse. Yeah. 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 It's just regular. It's, it's kind of a weird job, you know, cause you're the boss, but you still live in the firehouse you know, with the guys, but they don't talk to you. you know? <laughs> you're, you're like, it's, a, it's a really weird position to be in, but, because uh, you're the but boss, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the one fighting fires like in the, as the state of California is burning to the ground? Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for lack of a better, for lack of a better term. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's legit. Well, no, that's what's happening now, you know, I mean, and really it's been kind of a steady ramp up for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, but it's really become kind of, you know, I don't know. It's in the media more, you know, in the last three, four years, something like that, you know, but it's, it's been ramping up for a while here, you know? Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. And then was it always your dream to go into business full time together? Or was it just like one day, like the revenue was there to make it happen? Like, tell us how that transition came about. Yeah, so I think, you know, we've always worked really well together. Like even when, I mean, and and even to the level of like moving, you know, or stuff like that, where it's just the kind of normal day-to-day stuff that some people don't do well together. So we've always had a great working relationship and like almost like an ability to kind of compartmentalize, you know, it's like, you didn't do the dishes. Okay, whatever, but we have to get this done today. And so then we just work really well together in that, in that regard. So I think, you know, it's always sort of been there, but I wouldn't say that it was like a dream Mm -mm. of like, you know what we really need to do is start a business together. Like this will be amazing. It just kind of grew that way. And I think, one of the things that helps a lot in the way that we communicate with our audience and our coaching clients and all of that is that we're very much on the same page about what we think kind of are the underpinnings of a healthy and sort of robust life, but we go about it really differently. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm very much more in the kind of evidence-based 
you know, there's a study for this and we've seen this in practice and we know how to do this. And you know, I kind of marched down that path and Vanessa's a little more in the ether with it all. <laughs> and so between us, you know, we speak to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody's not picking up what I'm putting down, then they might, you know, resonate with what Vanessa's saying and, and vice versa. So it's just kind of, it just sort of grew really well that way. And, you know, we started our initial online coaching program as a way to, as kind of a follow on to the more intense coaching that Vanessa had been doing. We're like, look, you know, people spend two or three months with Vanessa in, in one-on-one coaching. They've got it. They're good to go. You know? So what's the next thing? Like what's this sort of maintenance program look like? And that's really where we, you know, initially started our online coaching program was to kind of catch these people and roll them in. And we found out pretty quickly that there was a lot of folks who were sort of in that boat that, you know, and our, our, our initial tagline was kind of like, okay, so you've gone paleo now, what, mm-hmm. you know, like, how do you, what's the next level? How do you maintain this? How do you fine tune it for yourself? And so we've really sort of carved out that niche from a coaching perspective. And then the retreats were a natural outgrowth of trying to bring these distant coaching clients into an in-person experience where they could meet each other in real life and kind of put all of that fitness and wellness and, uh, you know, the, the health that they'd been developing and put it into practice somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So what was it? Tell me about the transition. Like, how was it going from working within somebody else's company two times over mm-hmm. to suddenly then holding the whole bag by yourself? <laughs> all, well, together. Yeah. Together, not underneath somebody else's umbrella. What What came up for you around that? What were some of the challenges that occurred making that leap? Yeah, I think, well, it's always funny because we laugh that I'm basically unemployable <laughs> because, you know, I've I've worked for, you know, I've done so many different jobs and I've been inspired to do so many different things throughout my career. But we always laugh because within the first week that I started working for Mark or maybe within the first month, I was like, yeah, I don't think I could come in every day. <laughs> like, that's not really going to work for me. And, you know, it's just like I, I always have had to have control over my time and my energy and the way that I create things. It doesn't mean that I won't work my butt off, but I have to be in control of the way it works. So for me, it's always just been like, this is just how it has to be for me. And now as we've gotten even deeper into our company, I just don't think I could ever go back to having a traditional type of job. And I think, you know, obviously... Adam, you know, pulling out that final stake of his stability with the fire department. And, you know, he had 20 years in and will have some retirement and that kind of thing, but he wasn't technically eligible for retirement. You know, it was us really fully jumping into the unknown space of full-time entrepreneurs. And I think that for us, you know, even though it's stressful, even though, as you guys know, like being totally responsible for the whole picture, you know, it can be overwhelming at times, but I just don't really think we could have it any other way at this point. We just, you know, we're up for the challenge and to have full control and autonomy of what you're creating, how you spend your time, you know, what you invest your valuable life into is just like one of the most important things for us. And we just feel so passionately about it that it's like, all right, well, that's going to come along with a little bit of the stress and a little bit of the unknown, but we're just kind of up for the challenge. Yeah. There's also the piece that had we really known what it fully entailed, we would have never done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so true. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be so ignorant that you're like, ah, I mean, hey, you know, these guys are doing it. It can't be that hard. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. What well, were, like, talking about some of those challenges, like, what was it that you discovered to be like, this was not, like, what we expected? 
Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges and like, it's just a problem to be solved is getting your message out. And like, you could say marketing, you know, in kind of a, a, a broad term, but it's really, I had no idea how little people care about your opinion. You know what I mean? And it's like, we had a friend who actually helped us develop the, the app that we use for our online stuff. And he's like, yeah, on average, nobody cares. Like that's the, that's, you, just, you just start there, start there and then work from there. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things because you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, in your mind, you're like, oh, well, there's Facebook marketing and there's Google ads and there's like, this has got to be super easy. I mean, you just give them money and they bring you clients, you know? <laughs> and so I think that was a big one. Yeah. Um, also, you know, on the, on the travel side of things, I mean, it sounds like a dream job and in a lot of ways it really is. You're like, oh man, you go out to these awesome places and you're on vacation basically all of the time. A travel, like a pretty hectic travel schedule plus trying to run the business is something that's like, okay, well, when do we actually do this? Like, when do we, <laughs> when do we sit down and, and record 15 podcasts so that we can be on the road for the next five weeks? And when do we, like, when does all of this happen? And it ends up, you know, it, it, it sort of wound up being like this kind of go, stop, go, stop, go, 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 stop kind of a lifestyle, which I think we weren't necessarily prepared for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, overall, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched, um, what is his name, Glenn, the Undercover Millionaire. It's a... Oh, oh Undercover Billionaire. Oh, sorry, but, Undercover uh, undercover Billionaire. Glenn Stearns. Glenn Stearns. Yeah. You know, he, it's such an awesome show because he really points out how so many of our dreams are just a house of cards. Like, you can see it and it's like slightly built, but like one little thing could topple the whole dream and you just have to keep taking one step and like not getting too worried and too granular about what could possibly go wrong. You just have to keep moving and I think for us, even though like once we kind of realized the entirety of what we'd taken on, it was like, oh, wow, this thing could really fail at any moment. <laughs> You're kind of like, yeah. but somehow it still works out. You just keep taking the next step and the next and you just, I don't know, somehow it just works out when you have the faith and you have full 100% commitment to it. Hmm. How many people are on your team? Uh, it's really just us like as full-time people and then yeah. we just use a lot of subcontractors so um, we have Liz who's our social media project manager who's amazing who's probably the closest to like our third team member but even she's private contractor so we just use we outsource a lot of stuff so it's really just us as the main the main proprietor so to speak <laughs> yeah so Adam, I have a question for you regarding leaving a position in the fire department, which is you're surrounded by, I would say it's probably majority men, right? Yeah. And you're in this very kind of macho profession. I get, you know, that's yeah. me, not a firefighter yeah. but outside is like what you look at. Right. And now you're working directly with your partner. Right. Yeah. And so you're not surrounded by these dudes anymore. Like what has that been like for you? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question. And, and, you know, honestly, the, the biggest shift, because there is, I mean, the, the, the fire department, the fire service, and I think it's probably the same. I mean, I know it's the same for folks in the military and it's probably the same for police as well, but there's a massive community around that, you know, and it's, it's really your second family and you go through things with those people that you don't, you know, <laughs> typically with your, with your normal family for, and that's a good thing generally, but there's like a, there's a thing around that, you know, and there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of the, you know, it's a lifestyle kind of thing. And 
you know, the biggest transition with that for me, it was when I went from captain to chief officer, because now you're just not one of the guys anymore, uh, you know? And so that actually happened in, I don't know, 2009, you know, it's like I all of a sudden had been ostracized from the family, so to speak. <laughs> You know, you're now you're just kind of like the weird uncle, right? Like everybody's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. You know, <laughs> don't say anything when he's around. And so that, that actually happened a while ago. But to be fair, it's, it's a little bit weird, you know. And, and I think one of, the, one of the biggest things is I'm used to being able to just, like, my word goes. You know, it's like, I'm the chief, I say this and people do stuff. And that's not how it is now. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, fortunately, because Vanessa had the experience with the fire department, like she gets it. It's not, she doesn't take it as like some personal affront to me, you know, thinking she, I don't know, should be subservient somehow in our, in our <laughs> business relationship. She, but she'll call me on it. She's like, Hey, I'm not one of your firefighters. You don't do that anymore. And you're like, okay, all right. I got to go back, got to go back through it. You know, so there's that sort of initial shock of it, but what I'm actually finding now, the, and especially the busier we get and the more outsourcing that we have to do with stuff is that it's a lot the same as my old job. I've got my team of people. I mean, yeah, some of them are in India and some of them are, you know, all over the place, but it's like, it's a lot of the same stuff, you know? So I do, you know, to a large degree, miss some of that camaraderie. But like I said, it's, that's like thinking back to, man, I shouldn't have promoted the chief so early. Not, I shouldn't have <laughs> left the department, you know? We, we were actually at, we had a retreat in Costa Rica last week and it ended up being an all female lineup, which has never happened. We don't typically have like a female or, you know, women's retreat, but it ended up that all of the attendees were female for this. So yeah. it was pretty funny. It was like all of us women and Adam, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking this is a far cry from your old gig, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about as far as you can get yeah. from like going from everybody listens to what you say to nobody listens yeah. to what you say. <laughs> true. That's my whole life adam so yeah then you add the two little girls on top of it oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So walk us through what people experience on one of mm -hmm. your retreats i'm so curious what you guys do yeah well you know it was really the retreats honestly were a really a an outgrowth of us wanting to have a solid community and wanting a place for people who'd, like Adam said, been in our online communities and experienced our coaching, but just wanted to put it into action and also just wanted to get out of the state of mind that they always had to be fixing something. You know, they, they could actually just go out and be with people who wanted to enjoy life, wanted to be physical, wanted to eat good, healthy, nutritious food without being like the one weirdo at their, you know, vacation or whatever that ate a certain way. So it was really an opportunity for us to just, you know, put a place and space and time for us to come together and experience like the amazingness of our lives. And it really has continued to be that. We do always bring in a little bit of coaching and some opportunity for folks to continue their learning or to, you know, just have access to us and ask questions or get, you know, hands on with whatever things they might be working on back at home. But really what you can expect is an awesome community. I mean, the people that are attracted to our events are really just some amazing human beings. We always have you know, farm to table, organic paleo meals 
by default. And we're not super dogmatic about paleo. We've just landed there because, you know, it really is the type of eating strategy that most people can come and feel really amazing. You know, they're going to, even if you don't eat paleo all the time, or that's not your, you know, traditional eating schematic, you'll come and feel amazing and you'll be really well fed and nourished. And, you know, it also kind of deals with anybody who does have autoimmune issues or anyone that does struggle with, you know, intolerances to different foods. So, you know, it's kind of a cornerstone of our events, but really just because we want people to feel so good when they're with us, we're always, you know, wherever we go, our thing is just to find the best possible experiences in that location. So like for last week, for instance, we were in Costa Rica, we went and jumped off waterfalls, we went surfing, we went whitewater rafting, we like really take what the place has to offer and just turn it up and, and just, you know, experience life, use all this physical training we're using back at home that we're working on day in and day out, use all of the emotional mindset stuff that we're training as well, but put it into practice and and put it into real life, make it part of our lifestyle. We don't want people to feel like, you know, they have their at-home life where everything's really regimented and perfect. And then when they go on vacation or they go on a trip, you know, they lose all of their momentum and they kind of backslide and have a real struggle getting back home and kind of getting back into the, you know, the lifestyle and the eating strategies that they normally would. So for us, it's a place to just kind of have fun, but still keep moving the ball forward on our own health and well-being. And, you know, most of our clients in the beginning were coming from our coaching programs, but anymore, you know, folks are just dropping in and coming to our retreats and it's actually the first exposure they have to us at all, or the first, you know, exposure they have to the paleo diet or the first exposure they have to an adventure retreat. So, you know, in the beginning, it was really, again, an outgrowth of like growing our community. And now it's sort of a place where people come to discover like their next possibility. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that, that we just see time and time again, and, and part of the reason that we like to use the adventure stuff as much as we do is it pushes people kind of outside their comfort zone, you know, mm -hmm. and, and in a group, there's going to be all sorts of different levels of comfort, right? So somebody might be, you know, I'll just use Costa Rica as an example. Somebody might be deathly afraid of the ocean. So going surfing is like a big thing, right? but they might be totally comfortable with heights. So jumping off of a waterfall for them is not that big of a deal. And when you get that group together and there's just something that happens when everybody gets together and it's usually, you know, probably around the first dinner, if not, at, you know, certainly after the first like guided meditation, everybody kind of gels together to some degree and they really start to see themselves as peers and they can see something of themselves in each other person. And so when we go out and we do these adventures, they find a lot of strength in the people around them who are not afraid of the thing that they're afraid of. And they'll find themselves stepping into stuff that they just wouldn't do if they were traveling with people who held them in that spot as, oh, you're the one that's afraid of the ocean, so you're probably not gonna do this. There's like, that just never even comes up. People are like, hey, we're going <laughs> surfing. And they're like, oh boy, okay, I mean, I'm just gonna step into this. But when they see the other people who, you know, they see a lot of themselves in just stepping into it, it's pretty amazing what can transpire, you know, and what people can get out of that experience. Yeah, we always say they're kind of, they're transformative, but in a way that's personal to you. So it's like, we're not trying to create a specific moment that is going to be transformative. It kind of organically shows up because you're stepping into these different challenges. You're kind of looking at where your limitations are and what your stories are behind those limitations. And we find that just, you know, being in nature, doing these 
awesome activities tends to just push us towards the outer realm of what we're comfortable with. And as soon as you step out of that, suddenly you have a whole new realm, a whole new possibility for who you are in the world. And it was literally maybe just from that one moment of jumping off that waterfall and realizing like, oh, all the constructs I had about myself or all the things that I felt before that moment can't be true anymore because I just accomplished this thing. So like, what are the other things in my life that are holding me back that might not be true, that I can maybe revisit, that I can maybe create a new possibility in? Mm -hmm. I love that. So for you guys leading those retreats, are they always the same length or do they vary in length? Yeah, they're, they're all different. So our B-Fest event, which we were talking about before we went live, is our bigger community gathering. It's a four-day event, and that will take place in Zion, just outside Zion National Park next mm-hmm. year. So that's a shorter event. But most of our international retreats are anywhere from, you know, six to 10 days. And anything that's domestic is usually like a four-day weekend. Okay. And so leading these retreats, I've just started leading retreats myself. This mm. is a whole new realm. And um, awesome. I am curious from a personal perspective, and I also know we have a lot of leaders who listen in. What are your strategies for, you mentioned like that start stop in terms of growing, not growing your business, but just like tending to the podcast recording and the things, right? Yeah. Because that's pretty immersive, six to 10 days. So what are your strategies for making sure you're protecting your energy, making sure your own wellness non-negotiables are in place? Can you talk about taking care of yourself as you lead? Yeah. So the, the biggest thing is that we just follow our own advice <laughs> you know? and it's, 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 it took a while to get there. We're like, how do we actually do this? Like, Oh my God, what are we? And then we're like, well, wait a second. So if one of our clients said that they were doing this, what would we tell them? Oh, we would tell them to guard their sleep. Like it's, you know, their firstborn child. And we would tell them to do this and we would tell them to do that. And, we're, and so these are all the things we do. We, we just make sure that we're getting our sleep. We make sure that we're eating enough food and, you know, whatever works for us individually, which is a little bit different and that we're focusing on our mindfulness practices, whatever those can be, like even in the moment of, you know, all right, there's a whole bunch going on and the something's wrong with the schedule and everybody's here and nothing's working. You're like, okay, what do you do? All right, let's just take about 10 deep breaths and just move forward, you know? So we really just implement all of these little strategies that I think you know, for anybody who's been looking at any kind of the, you know, personal development, uh, especially from an entrepreneur side, where you're looking at time management and you're looking at understanding how to maximize your efficiency and, and productivity, it's not new stuff, right? It's, it's chunking out work and using your calendars and scheduling time, scheduling downtime and scheduling mm-hmm. everything out so that you can fully give yourself permission to rest and recover and rejuvenate when you have the opportunity. Mm. And then I think the other piece is just trying to stay as far ahead of the curve as possible with, I mean, the, I I think the biggest one is the content monster, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like, we're just having to feed the content monster all the time. And so if you can front load and get ahead of that stuff as much as possible, then you can just be much more present when you're in a retreat. Yeah. And I think the other thing for us though, is that we're really human. And so if we miss a podcast, because yeah, we've been traveling and we just, you know, whatever happened maybe we had a cancellation or maybe something came up and it didn't work out perfect and we skip a week. We're just honest with our audience. We're like, yeah, you know, this is what it looks like to be running a business and to be on the road and to be traveling. And like, yeah, we missed you guys. We were gone for an extra week and we're back. You know, we haven't set ourselves up 
to be so perfect that we can't be human and we can't just be honest with our audience, our community, or, you know, with people in general. We just, we're, we're so human and we're so honest about that, that I think it takes the pressure off of us from feeling like if we miss something or it's not perfect that like we failed. We're just like, yeah, you know, we are always setting the bar as high as we can to achieve what we can. And then if we fall short of that, we just have to have compassion for ourselves, you know, and hope that others will too. (laughs) And then what have you guys set up for yourselves individually, like outside of the business, you know, to keep like this partnership alive. Mm. So it's not all business, you know, so the business doesn't raise it, isn't in charge of your relationship. Yeah. 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 So that's actually, that's an interesting one. And so it, it really is an evolution for us and we're trying to, constantly get a little bit better at that. But we went through, I want to say it was either just before I left the department or, or just after, and we went through and really organized our business from a perspective of like org charts and stuff. I mean, even though it is only the two of us, it's like, okay, I mean, when we would, and we've kind of slacked off on this a little bit, but we would set meetings where it's like, okay, we're going to have this meeting where, you know, and, and Vanessa's definitely the visionary in our outfit and I'm much more of the operational, like, okay, how is that actually going to transpire person? And so we'll have these meetings. The integrator. The integrator, exactly. <laughs> and so we'd have these meetings and say, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, here's how we're going to do it. And then we'd set the next meeting where I'm the integrator and now she's somebody that I'm going to tell what to do. And like we'd go through <laughs> it and, and set up these flows to make all of that stuff happen. And it really helped to just kind of establish the business roles in what it is that we were doing on a daily basis. And what that allowed is for like a freedom to not talk about business all the time. Mm -hmm. So when it's like, it's dinner time, we've already had our meetings today. Everybody knows what they're going to do and we'll do another one tomorrow, but now it's dinner and it's just us, you know, doing our thing. And like I said, it's an evolution, but I think that has been a pretty significant piece. And then the other part is just having some individual time Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like, I I really like to train jujitsu. So I dedicate two hours, three days a week to that. And I'm gone. I leave the house slash office situation and I go and wrestle and then I come back, you know, and it's like a whole different thing. And so just having that individual space and time can create some of that. I don't know. I mean, whatever it is, it's like it it freshens things back Mm -hmm. up again to where you're just not constantly mired in the, the workings of your business, you know? We were so surprised because, you know, Adam, obviously working for the fire department, he was gone half the week and oftentimes would be gone for weeks or, you know, up to a month or so at a time. And so we were always worried when he came full time with the business, like, do we actually like each other this much? Yeah. <laughs> like, how's this going to work out? Yeah. <laughs> but we have found that spending more time together has actually made our relationship even better. There was actually, it was almost more difficult when there was all this empty space of not being together. And then when we'd be together, it was kind of like, you know, almost like military wives or whatever. And their husbands come home and they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have a routine without you. But, you know, now we found that just like Adam said, even just a few hours apart, gives us that sense of like, oh, we're, you know, we've had that, that separation and now we're excited to see each other again. And the other thing that we've really done in the last year, we have been super dedicated to this is we sit down and we have dinner every night. We cook, we eat together, you know, we clear all the work away and we just have that meal together. And it's our time to kind of decompress and really care for ourselves, care for our relationship 
and kind of just give a space and a time on the day, each day that is really for us. And that has made a huge difference. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, you would think like, oh yeah, everyone eats dinner, but to have that intentionality behind it and to say like, no, this is our time to care, to nourish ourselves, to nourish our relationship, just even that one hour a day or that one and a half hours a day makes a huge difference. Yeah. It also like bookends the day because mm-hmm. I'm sure as you guys know, we, you could just work, you know, yeah. there's a, it's, it's never going to be done. You know what I mean? <laughs> like your, your inbox is never empty. So it just gives you this spot to like, okay, we're done for the day. Yeah. You know, we'll start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah for boundaries. <laughs> we just have to stop. But yeah. I remember when we did not have children and we were working together, it was a whole different ballgame. And I don't think we really had those structures and boundaries in place. It was very leaky. We, <laughs> we weren't as clear, you know, a few years ago as you two are just describing now. Just talking about the, there's a book called Traction. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, exactly what we, what yeah, we that's exactly what we used. Yeah. Right. So then yes. they, have a, they have a second book with talks all about visionary and integrator and you take those quizzes, et cetera. And it just popped in my head. I'm supposed to send those to somebody and I forgot to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who did I talk to yesterday? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> I'm interviewing him in an hour. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like, we weren't that clear yet. I think it took mm-hmm. us from 2011 till really 2019, 2018 to kind of figure, to get clear on that. Well, it's an evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it always yeah. is, right? Yeah. For yes, sure. it is. Like, I don't think there's yeah. any moment where you're like, okay, we've got it. We've got yeah, it. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> well, I know as much as I wish that that was the, like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of hold out for that to some degree because it's like <laughs> the background that I came from, it was done. You know what I mean? Like all of these rules and roles and the org charts, they're done for you. Like this is just how it works. And there's realistically, there's never going to be any variables. Like it just takes so long (laughs) to change all of that stuff. And so I think for me, it was once I was full time and we were doing this, it was like the lack of organization from that perspective was really apparent. And I was like, not that I want to just evoke all of the same stuff that I just left, but man, it does work really well for some things, you know? So. Structure, I think, brings a lot of sanity. And, and freedom. Think, yeah, and yeah. freedom, exactly. Like you guys, like you said, Adam, once you had that org chart and once you were clear on the roles and the meetings, it did offer so much freedom. So I'm curious for you, Vanessa, do you have a thing like jujitsu that you go do for you? Jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't have one thing, but I'm more of like <laughs> a little more ADD in that sense. But, you know, I'm always trying different classes. I mean, I did aerial acrobatics for a couple years really seriously so like I'll get into something for a little while and that will be my thing I love to surf so maybe if the waves are good I'll be surfing like it just depends on what mood I'm in or what I'm inspired by in the moment and so but I definitely the one thing though that is steady for me and has been for many years now is my meditation practice and I really really am dedicated to it it's the first thing I do every morning and it completely changes who I am in the world and how I maneuver and it's just uh, that's kind of my non-negotiable is 
you know, getting that time. And, you know, obviously sometimes we're traveling or at events, we don't have a ton of time, but I've even learned that within a short amount of time, like Adam said before, like you can stop and still take 10 deep breaths. Like you can have a complete experience of quietness and fullness and presence in a very short amount of time. And so I always make time to do that every day. Hmm. That's great. That's beautiful. I have a random jujitsu fact. I heard I was listening to the Tulsi Gabber or Jocko Willick oh, yeah. podcast and Kate you'll like this because this is in Maine Jocko Willick founded the only company that produces jiu-jitsu geese they're called geese right? yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like what you wear yeah at, right and the only domestic production is in Farmington Maine yeah. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> knew? they used to come from China. So if you want to, if you want to, like the United States produced ghee, it's called Maine. Origin Maine, and yeah. the factory is in Farmington, Maine. Yeah, and they fit better than any ghee on the market. It's oh. like they're they're actually made for people. Like I don't know who's supposed to wear those other ones, but you're like, this is the weirdest pajamas I've ever owned. And the the, the yeah the Origin geese are perfect. You get the ones yeah. from Farmington, Maine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. If you ever come yeah. to Maine to do an event, you we can go visit the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maine would be, cool. be a beautiful place for one of I know you guys mostly do a lot yeah. of international, but I think it would be awesome. Obviously in the fall when the leaves turn, it would be incredible. Yeah. I I always say like, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. It's a Susan Sontag quote. And I'm like, that's how I feel. Every time someone's like, you should do one here. I'm like, I want to. (laughs) So I have a, I have a question about daily habits, but before I ask that, where are some of your, like, what would be maybe your top three list of places you visited in the world? Uh, well, Africa was amazing. We did a safari there last year. In which country? Two years ago. Um, We were in Kenya. Yeah. And that was amazing. We really, I mean, Africa is just like everyone should do it once in their life. But we have gone to Peru. We've done Peru. This will be our third year in a row because we did absolutely fall in love with it. And it is just such an incredible experience to be in the Andes, to be hiking, to experience Machu Picchu, to really do a deep dive into the culture and the experience of Peru. It's absolutely one of our top picks and is the reason why we've done it three years in a row. We typically do, you know, things one or, you know, once or twice, and then we'll, you know, rotate other things in, but, you know, Peru made such a mark on us. Costa Rica is another one that we've done a lot just because it's so easy. It's easy for folks to get to. You can have a really amazing experience in a shorter amount of time, four or five days. And so it's been kind of like our second home and a place that we've brought groups to for gosh, like five or six years now. And I don't know what the third one would be. I mean, that was three with Africa, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like there should be one more. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Peru is just, it's, I think it's hands down my favorite. That place is just remarkable mm-hmm. in so many ways. But then, so if I was going to pick one that's not one that you already said, like, honestly, so we did Montana this year, mm. East Glacier or Glacier and East Glacier. And that is some of the most spectacular country that I have ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, the people are friendly. The place is easy. It's just, there's something about Montana that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I agree. Yeah. Montana and Utah are gorgeous. Yeah, we had a yeah. Really yeah. experience at Glacier. Oh yeah. yeah, random Mark wasn't that his name? Yes. Yeah, 
this lovely innkeeper guy just let us stay in his place for free. And yeah. he just oh, was, nice. Like, in the middle of the night. And he was like oh. a brain. He was an, he rocket was a scientist. rocket scientist. Yeah. He retired. Yeah. Retired rocket scientist. And, and then his wife's nice. like a brain surgeon or something. I don't know. It was they were amazing. That's Montana <laughs> though. Like people, they're just, yeah, there's a kindness there. That's just really measurable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So I'm curious, what are some of the, because you guys are extremely fit. Um, and, and wellness minded, obviously that's right. what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, On a good day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so I'm curious. I love to know about people's like weird habits around mm. wellness. So mm. obviously sleep is a huge priority. Obviously hydration is a huge priority. Obviously yeah. what you put in your mouth and how you're moving your body outside of those categories, or maybe yeah. within those categories, are there any weird habits that you guys do that really make a big difference for you or that are just like kind of out of the norm? Well, I think, I, I mean, I could definitely say one of the things that's made a huge difference for our emotional and to some degree, our physical health has been psychedelics and plant medicine. I mean, that's been a huge influence on you know, some of the cornerstones of what we've created in our company, but also some of the biggest internal shifts for us personally in our own, you know, in our own selves, but in our relationship. Um, And actually we're headed back down to Costa Rica next week to bring a group to do plant medicine there. And, you know, for me, I think it's hands down one of the best healing modalities that I've used. And from that, I've been able to step into more consistency and more commitment to the things that are really good for me because I feel in alignment with them. It's not a struggle. Like the things that were taking me out of the resonance of those things that really made a difference for me fall away when I've, you know, done some of the deep work with psychedelics and plant medicine. And so for me personally, that's probably been, you know, the biggest sort of outside of the norm thing that's made a difference. Yeah. Like the whole dinner thing was an outgrowth of our last experience down there in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You mean you guys eating dinner together right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, this focus on cooking and eating dinner at home every night was like a, yeah, that came out of that. Yeah. yeah it was like, we're going to do this. And a year later, we're, we're still doing it, which there's not a lot of things that I can say that we stuck to for a year, especially that requires as much preamble and kind of, you know, effort. And even the meditation, you know, I'd had a meditation practice for a long time, but Adam really got the download last time from our ceremony in Rhythmia in Costa Rica and really, you know, kind of got what what that was all about and has been able to have his own meditation practice yeah. since then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the breath work stuff and i mean there's you know any number of ways of tackling that but i've been recently pretty enthralled with the wim hof stuff yeah if you're familiar with that but i so for me though i think is is, i should have gone first because this is like less (laughs) interesting but i think um, salt so i add salt to and so i'm tall and I've always had a thing where if I stand up too quickly, you know, I can get a little lightheaded and, and like bonk out. Right. And I've just, you know, I like understand the Baraflex system and how it all works in the body. I'm like, okay, yeah, just don't stand up too fast. You know, everything's going to be fine. Adding salt, like a quarter teaspoon of salt to my water in the morning has made a drastic difference in my life. Like <laughs> I can stand up without getting lightheaded. I have more energy. I don't have to drink as much coffee. You know, there's all of this stuff that just happens when you add a little bit of salt. Yeah. A quarter, a quarter teaspoon. Quarter teaspoon of only one, uh, and, only one like only in your first beverage. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, the actual protocol would be to take a quarter teaspoon and I use the Redmond's real salt, but any, I think any kind of un like sea salt. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's not, what are they, is it just processed salt? What are they, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So something that's like a raw actual salt that has all of the minerals and everything that's in there. So the Redmond's real salt's a good one. Quarter teaspoon wow. of that, eight ounces of water. And the actual protocol is to mix it the night before and put it next to your bed so that it fully saturates in the water. I'm not sure that's critical, but having it next to your bed is helpful. And then you drink it right, you know, right first thing in the morning. And it's uh, yeah, it's a game changer for me. Love stuff like that. Yeah, that was yeah. good. I, th- I thought when you said it's exactly I drink, the kind of thing I'm looking for I when drink. I ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tall. I was like, well, you got to be. Yeah, you know, if you're I, tall, you know, drink more salt. But I am not yeah. tall, and I also this, yeah. get. Yeah. I will like have to hold on to something often right. when yeah. I get too fast because I black out. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, give it a shot. You know, because it's one of those things. It's like the the height is just. You know, uh, I think it's a common denominator, but it's certainly not the only thing, you know, and if you are blessed with relatively low blood pressure, like I am, yeah, it's like sometimes you just need a little, a little boost. Yeah, no, totally. Both times I gave birth in the hospital (laughs) afterwards, they were like, the nurses checking my vitals were so worried because my blood pressure was so low. I was like, no, 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 this is normal. I'm not, (laughs) you're not losing me. (laughs) Yeah, everything's fine. (laughs) Not leaking anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a whole other story. (laughs) um, How tall are you? 6'3". So yeah, I'm not like giant tall, but you know, tall enough. I was just, you know. So let me talk about psychedelics for a second, because I know some people just like checked out when you mentioned that, or it yeah. was a conversation that people were like, I, because it's, it's illegal. It's like, yeah. it's law, blah, 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 all these things. Right. So that's the whole, there's a whole reason that all this stuff is illegal. We can, that's a whole nother topic for another conversation, but like, talk to me about that. Like your experience, like, what are you taking when you're down in Costa Rica? Like, what is this who's guiding it the ritual Mm. that's around it what are the effects that you two have experienced from this process versus like going to therapy right yeah Mm -hmm. been to therapy but like what is yeah so specifically we're talking about is ayahuasca Mm -hmm. and it is legal in costa rica in registered facilities and Mm -hmm. so that's a large part of the reason that we've done it there is that it's it's legal and it's a it's a really well put together program they have medical doctors there that that vet people going into it to ensure that there aren't any contraindications with medication or past history or anything like that which there are a lot of you know so you really it's part of the reason that we like trust that place you know is that they they've kind of got it together and then they have as far as facilitating the ceremonies go they have a kind of a rotating staff of Shamai, shaman, <laughs> plural, uh, who, from Costa Rica, from Peru, from Colombia and the Colombian tradition. And so they kind of, you know, curate that group of folks. But it's, yeah, it's all very traditional, mm-hmm. generally South American medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And then, oh, and then, so I guess the second part of the question was the difference between therapy. So for me, I've been to therapy a few times from kind of a, they, in the in the fire service, they call it or used to call it critical incident stress management, but it really falls under the kind of PTSD world. And so I had been on the traditional path with that stuff several times and never really, never really got a lot out of it. Like the only the only things that were helpful were what we called peer counseling sessions, where you would sit with other firemen who had been through similar things and just kind of talk it out, you know. And that was 
I think what actually worked for me, anytime that I ever went and sat with like a mental health professional, I felt as though they had no idea what I was actually talking about. They ask you kind of a standard question. It's like, well, so explain the, or why are you here today? I'm like, well, I went to this thing and it was terrible and all these people died and there was all this blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh yeah, grief is hard. I'm like, it's not we're not talking about grief. It's not like my grandmother didn't die. This is a whole different situation here, you know, from my perspective. And so I never really felt that there was a lot in that. And granted now, I think there's a lot more awareness of this. And I, I imagine that there's much better systems and protocols in place for that. But my experience with it was that it was not, it didn't do a lot for me compared to, you know, our experience in Rhythmia last year with the plant medicine, it was like my whole focus going into it was like, all right, let's figure out, I don't want the demons anymore. How do I get rid of the demons? And that was sorted out in like the first five minutes, you know, of an eight hour journey, you know, I was like, oh, okay, now what, you know? <laughs> and the, the effects seem to be really durable. And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to relate to if you haven't, yep. you know, heard a lot about any of this stuff, but literally it was like, it just pulled it off like a backpack Eric take the backpack off and now you don't have that weight anymore and that's yeah like I said it's been durable I mean granted I haven't like been re-exposed to traumatic events because I've been out of the fire department but yeah it solved the problem for me (laughs) yeah and I think you know it's just one of those things where we all have had our traumas like they you know obviously atoms are really easy to pinpoint and to say like okay obviously you've gone through something that most humans don't endure or don't see or don't experience but we all had little traumas or even big traumas throughout our lives and it changes the fabric of who we are. It changes the way that our brain fires. It literally changes the neural network of our brain. And one of the most powerful things about plant medicine is that it can actually help you to rewire the neural network of the brain. So a great way that was described to me was if you have all of these thoughts and processes that were burned into your brain at a very young age. And obviously if there was a lot of emotional input around it, the neurons probably really wired together and created a strong pathway around this particular event. And so as you, you know, go through life, you keep firing that same pattern in your brain. And it's kind of like becomes a neural network superhighway where your brain can just fire really quickly into that pathway because it's very familiar. So when you're trying to change your habits of your mind or your emotional state, you're literally fighting your brain's like process of trying to go down that super highway, the pattern that is most dug in. When you try plant medicine, it actually is like creating a fresh blanket of snow or powder where you can create new pathways Mm -hmm. in your brain, where you can actually choose for yourself which route you want to take. And so that's where when Adam's saying that it was just easy, it was just gone, it was because he didn't have to fight all that old patterning. He could actually in that moment choose a new way to be about it. And so that's why I think it makes such a huge difference is that you're not fighting this, you know, this, this urge to go in a certain pattern. You actually have the freedom and the autonomy to choose what it is that you want to create in your mind, in your emotions and whatever. And so it's a really powerful, really powerful way to create your life. Love that. That was, that was well a great said. description. <laughs> totally. We've had, I mean, many, many friends who have done those practices and who lead 
retreats doing them and I have never mm. heard it described that way. So no, it was so very much. good because you hear, you know, it's like people, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about this. He's done a lot of investing into it, but it's from a very analytical scientific perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that your explanation is not, but it's just a different way that's been explained. Yeah. And I mean, I did abused, you know, drugs in college. So it was mm-hmm. a, it wasn't the same experience as what a lot of people are going to South America or Central America right. experience and a much more holistic. And I had a great, like fantastic experiences when I did it in the way that I did. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would it be like to be in a organized structure in that way? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it makes a huge difference. difference. Yeah. Anything that's controlled usually yeah. Helpful. Yeah. And just one thing that I would add to it is that it is like seemingly miraculous in the moment and maybe even months afterwards, but it certainly does not let you off the hook from daily practices. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I had it explained one time that, you know, when you're trying to make a new thought process and like, just like what Vanessa was saying, like, I mean, there's the, the myelinization and the, just the electrical superhighway that goes through there. And when you want to beat a new path, once you're past 18 years old, you're beating a new path through a jungle that grows really quickly. And it takes daily maintenance uh, with a machete to keep that path clear. And I think that is still certainly the case. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you definitely have to still be responsible, but it does give you that space. It almost gives you like the headspace to actually make that choice rather than not even being cognizant that that choice is being made for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much. It was amazing to get to know you more. And before we, before we go, I do want to ask you, tell us about what is B, what tell me, tell me. B-Fest. No, the B B part of your, like, tell me about. Oh, the B in general. Oh, Ah. yeah. Well, so actually it all started from, I was on a hike actually or on a walk with our friends one day. And I thought of the Gandhi saying, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I thought, well, be the wellness you wish to see in the world. Like, you know, step mm-hmm. into embodying the wellness and the well-being that you wish to see emanated around you. And I think that that was the first click. And then when I went to buy the domain name, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I put in the extra B and I was like, actually, that's perfect because bees are known for doing the impossible, right? Like they're known for having this sort of predestined situation, but yet, you know, which is to not like aerodynamically, they shouldn't be able to fly, but yet they just go on and do it anyway. And I just loved the symbolism of that. And so we just, yeah, we just decided be the wellness. And then our community became the hive and our clients became bees. And it just kind of took on its whole, like its own world. Yeah, They all self-identified. Yeah. Like I'm a new bee and I'm an OG bee. You know, we're like, oh, this is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. It's fun. Amazing. And we love a little costume, you know, a little costume party here and there. So we're like, anything that you could like yeah. <laughs> add a, a little of that into, yeah. <laughs> get, a, get a theme yeah. party around. I did. I saw your Burning Man pictures on Instagram. Oh, oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So where should people come and find you and what events do you have coming up in 2020? Yeah, so we I have mean, Peru. We have a full roster, but maybe yes. just Peru. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, we've got Peru again in March, which there's just a few spaces for. And if that resonates with you, we really recommend it. We've got New Zealand in April, B-Fest, which is the larger event in October, and then Iceland in November, which is a new event for us next year. And that's our that's our full lineup, actually, for 2020. And that's... November? 
Uh huh. In November, the very first week of November. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's. I'm actually really excited about that. I. It was one that people kept asking for, and once I started doing the research, I was like, Oh yeah, this place is going to be awesome. So we'd love to have you guys. <laughs> and your site and your Instagram uh, yeah. or wherever to find you. Yeah. So be the wellness.com and it's B E E like a honeybee. And then it's be the wellness on everything else. So Instagram, be the wellness, Facebook, be the wellness. Yep. And we do have our own podcast as well, as we mentioned. So and you can check out Kate on there a few months ago. I guess that was just a couple of months ago. So that's how we got introduced to y'all. And yeah, check it out as well. It's one of our labors of love. As you know, the podcast takes so much energy, but for us, it's one of our favorite things we do. And it's such a great way to connect with people. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I had so much fun with you guys on your podcast. Yeah. Um, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Yay! So, we made the cut. Thank you again for sharing your wisdom with us, for sharing your stories, and keep up what you're doing. It's so awesome. Thanks, awesome. guys. Thank we appreciate so it. Likewise. The way you spend your days turns out to be what your life ends up being. If you want to live a life that you absolutely love, one of the most powerful and important things you need to be doing is planning your week. I created a free weekly do less planner for you based on the planning ritual that I've been doing for the past three years that has helped us to massively increase our revenue while working less and having less stress. So head over to katenorthup.com forward slash list to get your weekly do less planner for free. KateNorthup.com forward slash list. Woohoo! You just finished an episode of Plenty. Don't you feel richer already? So listen, if you're ready for even more, I teach a free money workshop only two times a year and it is coming up. April 23rd, 24th, 25th. It is called Wide Receiver. And in the three-day workshop, I am going to help you restore your relationship with money and claim the bounty that has your name on it. You can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash wide to get your free ticket. And I'll see you there.